0: Welcome to More to Come, P.W. Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the P.W. offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly, Editor of P.W. Comics World, and Editor of the Fanatic, P.W.'s new comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com comics. And
1: I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. And you can check us out on Twitter at at P.W.
2: And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons, I'm the podcast producer. And you can find us online on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com.
0: Don't forget, you can subscribe to more to come on iTunes and on Facebook. We're at facebook.com/slash pwcomicsworld.
1: And also, don't forget if you like this podcast, please let us know. Please rate us on iTunes or any other podcast platform you listen to. Drop us a line, send us a comment, let us know how we're doing.
2: And listeners. It has come to my attention that a lot of our reviews are from several years ago in the depths of Comicsgate (laughs) and involve such wonderful and terribly informative notes as (laughs) shrill and argumentative and infested with SJWs. Okay, that might not be a direct quote, but SJWs were in, and I think there was something like infested. Anyway, guys, if you have something more informative to say about us, good or bad... Drop us a line. And uh, yes, please,
1: let's get these Comic Skater comments yeah. down. Yeah, let's update off. our yeah, reviews. Let's yeah, let's update it.
0: So, uh. <laughs> Alright, this week on More to Come: The Good, The Bad, and The Bathrooms at New York <laughs> Comic Con. And plus, the mystery of DC and five G. So okay, all yeah, right. Uh, so yeah, New York Comic
1: Con. Well, we're we're just all recovering still. Calvin went out and got a cup of coffee Boy. before sitting down to this podcast. He hasn't done that in probably about four years. I, so um, so that shows that uh, he's still in recovery mode. I just had a handful of jelly beans. on um, Kate <laughs> is um, sugar rush. Yeah, just gotta get, get, you know, cross the finish line.
2: Just gotta close the distance that last time. Kate, how are you recovering? Well, I mean, for me, like, I remember when we were shutting down the booth on Sunday night, Calvin was like, ah, we're done for another year. And I'm thinking, I'm not. (laughs) Because, uh, our longest podcast of the convention and our most complicated one came out Monday morning. So. (laughs) No,
0: no rest for the weary, the weary earth. And
1: and Kate, you are really amazing. She runs the PW booth and she uh, uploads our daily podcast every night and gets it up every morning. And uh, so, Kate, really, honestly, thank you so much. You're really
2: amazing. Listeners, we have three New York Comic Con interview specials. Um, Calvin really did more than his fair share of this year. Yes, I'm not on any of them. Let me be clear. I'm not on any of them. Well, and I mean, I only came in on my the, the typical
0: claim some of your time. Yes. That's understandable. And I don't do any, that's all I do. Yes, that was I, oh, excuse me. That
2: on. was not a Heidi dig, Heidi. That no, was a... No. I only came in for the tail end of Sunday interview yeah. wise. Yeah, but
0: I tell you, my the way I deal with conventions now because of this podcast has changed radically. I mean, really. That's all I do. Yeah. That's my sole purpose for being here is to chase the uh, interviews uh, and juggle the scheduling of the things. And, um, you know, the ones that I get are great. A couple got away from me. Hmm. So because of one thing or another, the craziness of Comic-Con. Um, but, yeah. And we should point out that Kate, uh, in her manner, this the way she runs through Artist Alley and gets – got a string of great interviews with really uh, terrific personalities – Right at the end, which we'll talk about.
2: Yeah, um, I will tell you, listeners, uh, my secret tip, oh. which is one: go on Sunday when people have an entire convention's worth of experience to yes. work from. Two: look for the best people you can find who do not have enormous lines waiting for them. <laughs>
0: But also, these the people we got are some of the biggest oh, in the business. They're <laughs> great. They're great. It's just so, that they just
2: it's just roll the dice. They didn't happen they to have a long signing line. It, that. You know, let's let's
1: back up from this. The, uh, topic, though, like just uh, the overall picture at New York Comic yeah. Con this year. I mean, I didn't see uh, Kate. I never saw her. I never stopped by the booth. You know, Calvin, I saw you at the Harvey's and on on Monday morning, mm-hmm. I guess. I, th- yeah. I might have seen you at one of my panels also. But yeah. well, we did not hang out at all together at this show. This is a big show. It is. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, as you alluded to, I mean, I had uh, the three last time we all spoke. I mentioned I had my three panels on Thursday. And uh, so that took up my whole Thursday. And then on Friday, we had the Harveys, you're which right, Calvin right. and I which, both presented yeah, at. There, so, uh, that was also, so I had a couple of meetings. Yeah, and then just Saturday, it's like, you know, you got to just hold up, uh, hold up in the Amex lounge writing. And then, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, by Sunday, you're half dead. So it's really, um, yeah, it was pretty crazy busy. But, but so I'm what saying. was it
2: like for you, Calvin?
0: Um, well, look, I think, <clears throat> I think you know this show uh is jammed with people. I don't know what the actual attendance are. They announced the ticket sales which were 210,000 tickets uh down from what they sold last year but mostly I think because of, they because of the re instituted the 4-day the yeah. passes the back again. Pass. Uh but I thought I mean, I, I think it's as cr- it was as jammed as ever as I've ever seen it. Uh but miraculously I mean the the crowds move through the aisles. I mean um, do you see anything different? Well, they moved, yes. I mean, they might move slowly, (laughs) but they do move. move.
2: Well, I will say that I noticed, and I think this is what the secret was, this year they made the aisles wider.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not in that area where our table was. No,
2: (laughs) no, they didn't make our aisles. We were in. Yeah, listeners, if you're wondering where we were, there's a space between the two main floors where they have a bunch of small presses. The aisles remained small there, and they did also remain small between smaller between the small vendors, Mm -hmm. but. Around the heavy trafficked areas, yeah. they, they made the aisles extra wide they, in a way that they hadn't in years past. Yes, they had some freeways. You know,
1: they had some interstate aisles mm. that were meant to really get keep, keep people moving, and people, that really helped. Yes, you it, could really see it. It did. But I will say that I talked with a couple of industry insiders, and uh, we were all shocked by the lack of security at the show. Now, yeah. at San Diego, I was complaining about the security, and at New York, I'm complaining about the lack of security. So, you know, it's a little Goldilocks here. We want it just right. We want it so we feel
2: safe. <laughs> but- well, they, they did put us through metal detectors.
1: Okay, everybody that I mentioned this to points that out, but guess what? There's two different kinds of security. There is the kind where you're not allowed to bring in a gun. Which yes, they have the metal detectors now. Thank God, I don't resent a single moment of standing in line for those. We have mm-hmm. to have them. But you know, when I was on the show floor, I saw a dude zipping by on one of those little mini
2: scooters, Segway things, like standing on floor, up really? on the show floor, and, and and he was there was I saw I don't know if same guy he was. Pulling a little cart behind him. Like yes. he was, he was like a human truck. Yes, a human uh-huh. truck. Okay. I heard
1: there was somebody else who was on like some kind of motility vehicle, also just like kind of racing down the aisles. And, um, yet I heard. So, uh, you know, I don't like to give uh, rumors here. So I haven't been able to nail down the story. But apparently there was some kind of Todd McFarlane signing where people, like, suddenly had a stampede to get them. And, oh, and like, people fell down. And it was kind of like, mm. it was very crazy. So, um, you know, for all the, you know, at San Diego, the, anytime you see a line, you inevitably see a person in a security shirt guiding that yeah. line. You never see that at New York Comic Con.
2: You only see that when it's somebody from the booth. You don't see someone provided by the convention. That's correct. So when I was at, I went to two tour signings. They were the only two signings I went to during the con. Um, I went to the Sean McGuire signing in order to get a Christmas present for a dear friend of mine. And I went to the K. Arsenault Rivera signing because K. Arsenault Rivera is awesome. And her new book just came out. Um, and that was very well run. The tour people kept that line in good order, kept it out of the way of everyone else. Even when it meant that sometimes there had to be like a break in the line and like, okay, you guys go over here, you stand here. Okay. When you get to this person, I counted back, we're going to run out of free books at this person. Okay. Everybody after this person, except that you're not getting a free booth, a book. And that really, it, you know, was very organized and other booths were like that too. The ones that ran it themselves well were good. The ones that didn't were Funko
0: Pop.
1: Ooh, well, but I mean, that's uh, everywhere. Well, I, I mean, mean Funko,
2: Funko is oh. uh, notorious.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, that corner is usually impassable. But actually, I thought it was fairly organized this year, no?
2: Comparatively.
0: <laughs> well, but when you there were a couple
2: really big ones. Yeah. There were a couple, I don't know if they were giveaways or if they were exclusives or whatever. But there were a couple times when... There were some real Funko bottlenecks. Mm. Where, I mean, you had people like three freaking deep. And people were trying well, to squeeze true. by. And, I mean, it was a little more organized than years past. That's yeah. true. Good on you for slightly improving, Funko. But, um yeah, I
0: And mean, usually you can't even get around that corner. They're at that right. same corner every year. Yeah, it's
2: a little better. It? But yeah. it's still bad. <laughs> well. And maybe, yeah, maybe Heidi's point. Maybe if there was someone from the show, someone who didn't work for the booth itself, saying, okay, you can't have this many people standing here all at once. Give them wristbands. Have Tell them to come back. Something. Maybe, you know,
0: yeah, you know it would be
2: better. Con- all conventions so.
1: are moving towards some kind of lottery system for this because they, mm-hmm. they all want fewer lines. They all want less. You know, San Diego is very aggressively moving towards lottery systems. I think... We're going to see a lottery for I mean, Hall H hmm. one of these
2: days. Well, you know what they did? I got into two panels at the main stage. And the way they did it was better than a lottery system. It was actually simpler. They used one of those badge tappers. Mm-hmm. They had someone standing in the line hall. And they said they had a whiteboard. And that person, they had one person detailed to... I don't know if it was one person to each panel or just one person doing all the tapping in. Because the time I went there, there was only one show left anyway. And that's the one I wanted. But the idea is you tap in on your badge. First come, first serve, tap in. Mm -hmm. If there are, you know, if by the end of the day there are still some left, there are still some left, then it's first comes, first serve, in line. If there aren't some left, then what happens is it's still kind of first come, first serve. Everyone taps in who has tapped in and has a digital ticket. Mm -hmm. Everyone who doesn't have a digital ticket has to wait to the side in a second line. And then they go in 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 order first come first serve after all the people who did the digital ticket one uh, so that
1: means that and they also had a lottery
2: there was a lottery ahead of time also so there was yet another Well one. The, the the lottery was for different uh, that was for like the hulu and stuff but what i'm saying is it's not just a lottery it's not just luck but at the same time, the time in which you have actual line of people standing there is half an hour instead of hours right, and hours. Right,
1: right, right. And that's a big, was,
2: that's a huge improvement. I, I agree with that because I would that. never have been able to go to those panels otherwise. Yeah,
1: I think Thursday was super duper busy on the show floor, and then they did. Somebody told me that it was the busiest Thursday ever because they had gone back to you know four day passes, but also Thursday wasn't sold out for some reason. So I guess maybe they almost got it sold out. But it, did you notice it was super duper crowded on Thursday? I it was super
0: duper crowded. Every- Every day, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh,
1: you know, talking to people in Artist Alley, though, I will say, a lot of people made a beeline for whatever it was they needed to buy on Thursday because they knew it would be sold out, and a lot of stuff sold out on Thursday. So, uh, and it was, it was crowded every day for for sure. Uh, yeah,
0: I mean, it was really this. I mean, I I give them some credit for simply keeping this thing from just I, imploding.
2: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and just for not a sudden day of massive gridlock because yes. things roughly move. They may move slowly. It
2: was it was definitely better. And I think yes. I think opening up those freeway large aisles I, I really really, right. really helped. Sure. Points. They did put up signs telling people not to stop for photos in the middle of the aisle. Oh, yeah, well... That they
0: roundly ignored. Yes, but (laughs) I think... People were sitting up right in front of the signs for a moment.
2: Right, but the thing (laughs) that got me is is in the entrance area, somewhere where you could have just two security guys hanging out there because it's the entrance area. I mean, this is... Listeners, you haven't been there. It's it's this massive, like, 50-foot wide entrance. And people are just massively pouring into that at the beginning of the day, like, Hmm. floods of human beings. And... Some people have decided that that's photo shoot land. Oh yeah, right. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. They yeah. Yes. and they and they blocked zero the entrance. Sad yeah. part was very annoying. And okay, so you can't have a security guard every single place on the entire floor. I get it, but you could have like two guys near the entrance who would ask those people to step to the side for their photo shoots.
1: Well, they need you know. Listen, the bottom line, and I'm sure you know, listeners, you probably hear this podcast that we probably say pretty much the same thing every year. It's too crowded and I can't pee. You know, I mean, it's like, like just the bathroom thing. The bathroom
0: situation. The bathroom is situation. Is
1: but also, bathrooms I think... Bathrooms weren't as bad this year. Okay. That's, um,
0: That's I mean, did you, opinion. yeah, other people
1: felt it was just as bad. But I thought it was, it was just as
0: bad. But as I, I tell
2: see. you, they did have more secret bathrooms this year. And see, this is where things you are different. One, one year. I, well, that wasn't a secret one. That was, that was a special... That was an a um activation bathroom, oh where you went in
0: there and it was haunted. And you activated, yeah, oh, that's right that's right you <laughs> turned the bathroom into, a- <laughs>
2: yeah, um I did not know about this. apparently there were exhibitor only secret bathrooms, but I an exhibitor who had to be on the floor four days of the con. Did not know about the secret bathrooms. Right. They're they, so secret. Even the exhibitors don't know about they, the exhibitor
1: bath. Like the bathroom situation kind of crept up on us. And I guess I'm a dumbass because I didn't realize that it was after they closed the North Hall. The North Hall had big, giant, wonderful bathrooms. Yeah. And it's ever since then that this whole, you know, yeah. this agony, I, I you know, when bl- are they bladder going to agony. finish rebuilding that? Uh, well, according that. to Torsten, it's opening in 2021. So yeah, we still have two years too. to go. So, and that probably means 2022. So and it's, it's what, a while. It's going to
0: double the space So It's going to double there? the size. Yeah. So, That'll be awesome. So
1: we just need to hold on to the cure. You know, we just need to hang on until then. It's like when I came home on like Friday night, uh, Preparing for the Harveys, I just walked in the door, threw down my coat, and went to the bathroom, you know, and used the bathroom. It was like this real sense of just joyfulness, you know, like, Talking oh, life is oasis, just so. how it works, you know.
2: Well, I will say female listeners or, you know, non-binary listeners who don't usually use the men's bathroom, um, the all-gender bathrooms were like a boon. Because the line was much shorter than for the ladies room. Uh, pro tip, use the all gender bathrooms Where because they're they? open to I all didn't genders. Even know they had all gender bathrooms. Well, all you need to do is, is they put like a big sign next to the men's yeah. or ladies room sign. And I think they may have marked it on the map, I but used, it was worth looking. For. I
1: used that one time, and um, I do think a lot of men weren't very clear on what was happening because they kept getting angry that the women were there. And uh, well, it was clearly marked this year, and they yeah, well, they, 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 they. I'm glad that you didn't have that experience because I did with my uh, with my intern. We uh, we both had to go and say, like, "Come on, let's just use this." And I, I you know, we got some glares. And it was a little bit awkward. Uh and you know, that may have just have been the crowd we were with at that point.
2: And it may have been that they weren't as familiar with the concept yeah, at that point. Yeah, it was point. day
1: one, to be day fair, it was one. day one. So um But I saw know.
0: shockingly long lines for the women's rooms.
2: Yeah. But,
1: oh, but yeah. there was long I mean, line I even sometimes men men had long lines too. The men had
0: line long lines, but the women's line, yeah. were beyond.
1: Yeah, they were crazy. They were just beyond
0: yeah. uh, what should happen. For
1: you single person who I ran, like on Friday afternoon when I was just walking around and, you know, just seeing people and be like, hey, how's it going? It's like, oh, it's great, except for this bathroom. You know, I mean, especially women, to
2: be honest. I- There's something about the convention that reduces us to <laughs> our most primitive mm-hmm. elements. Yes. Because I guess it's the the reduced resources because we're worried about, Bathrooms. We're worried about, like, not being trampled in a stampede. Yes. And we're worried about food. Yes. Food we didn't, we at the booth didn't have to worry about as much because we did have a selection of booth yeah. snacks. Yeah. But for those people who do not know they need to pack food for Comic-Con and think they'll buy there, my advice to you is pack food for Comic-Con.
0: Well, I think you hit on a good point. I mean, for these four days, I mean, you to a certain extent, I mean, this is a pleasure playground because it's all of this stuff that we all love, but we also kind of, in the back of our mind, we're sort of checking out of Civilization. Yeah. I mean, we kind of, the rules don't apply anymore. <laughs> I mean, New really rules. Know. New rules. Totally They're, different yeah. rules. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, when you go through those middle detectors, you are, you kind of stepped into Neverland. And the whole thing is there is that we're going to go until we drop. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of what we signed up for. Uh, the intensity, the sensory overload. I mean, we, we in the back of our mind, we hope that we'll be able to find a, you know, a, you know, a, a bathroom at some point,
2: yeah, or like a scrap of food. Yeah, yeah. I but, mean, it, it certainly makes you great. You get off the floor. You're grateful You're glad to have been there. But when you get off the floor, when you get out of the building, you're grateful for things like breathing room on a New York sidewalk. Yeah, yeah, or
1: just going home and using your own toilet.
2: Using we, we step through use,
0: the portal. Eating and
2: eating changes. food that you only <laughs> have to stand in line for for two minutes. Yeah. Like there's there's definite there's a definite upside and downside yeah, of being in the con I, world.
1: And I will say, you know, with the New Yorker's sense of, um, you know, that every New Yorker is a, their own Yelp, uh, you know, system because... Uh, you again, have to be. Yeah, well, you know, Thursday I had the busy day and uh, so I, I had an, uh, an an intern kind of walk around with me and kind of help run errands and keep me on schedule and everything and then we got hungry. I was like, okay, come on, let's go get some lunch. I noticed the line was very short for the empanada stand so I was like, oh, fine. And, you know, I don't know if you tried those but they're sh yeah. They're awful. Yeah. Like, uh we were know. so hungry, we couldn't even finish the mushroom well, one. it was nasty. I did go to Hudson Yards, you know. There's like, Hudson Yards. Yeah, true, you know, I've I been Hudson Yards, Yards, but yeah.
2: that's it's got its own crowds. But it is nearby. It's, You're right. You was, don't have to go it as it far. Was, uh, you know, I ran into, on Friday
1: morning the con, I ran into uh Karen Green, uh, the librarian at Columbia, and Maggie Thompson, uh the great, uh you know, mother of fandom. And they were like, we're going to lunch. Want to come, Heidi? And I was like, well, you know what? I'm gonna go, yeah. Because did, why not? Yeah. And did so you we, go to
2: the Spanish we Mercado? Did, we did.
1: We went to the Spanish Mercado, which I don't like the name of it. Little Spain. That's obnoxious. But you know what? The food was pretty good, sure. and it wasn't that crowded. You know, we got there cool. at a good hour, and uh, lots of big bathrooms. I gotta um, try this. Yeah, the you know, food's time. very good. there. It is, and they also have. uh I always point this out. I did not see if there were lines, but they have a big Cinderella there, which is like kind of a uh-huh. you know food market. Yeah little upscale deli kind of place but you can get pre-made sandwiches and stuff so you know the time we ate the the crappy empanadas i mean you know it was just i didn't have time on that one day but after that
2: i i ate pretty well pro tip you can freeze peanut butter sandwiches
0: there you go. There you go. I
2: made mine before the convention, threw them <laughs> in the freezer, right. and took one out per day. Wow, go. that uh, is
0: the best tip I've ever heard. Pro tip: <laughs> take a bottle of water with
2: you. Oh yeah. So what uh, else happened at the con? You well, guys? let's talk about the con itself. So I went. So <laughs> let's talk about the <laughs> yes. anime. Yeah. The anime uh, event at the con. Oh, yeah. Yeah. so yes, last let's year talk about it. they put it forth as its own mini con that you needed your own new badge for, and it was like what twenty blocks away. And this year, on the surface, it seemed like a better idea. They took it to the he- Hudson Mercantile, only a block away. Yep. And you could get in with your New York Comic Con badge, except to the panels, which you had to pay extra for. Okay, fine. So I was psyched. I was like, <laughs> hey, I'm going to get into this thing.
1: It's going to be awesome.
2: <laughs> Listeners? No, it wasn't. It was <laughs> a selfie fair. station. It yeah. was five selfie stations, and that was about it. There was a giant inflatable tank. There was a uh, traditional uh, Japanese tea house you could sit down in yeah. to have your photo taken. No tea provided, just selfie space. Um, no tea, just house. Yes. Uh, there were some fake Tory gates with uh, fake cherry blossoms. And uh, that's about it, really.
0: There That's was a it. a contest for um oh, which Jody and I entered. Right. There's a for contest. a free trip to Japan. There's a
2: free trip to Japan thing, there's a write your name in Japanese yes, thing. Yeah. And,
0: and there were some, some people
2: trying to get you to sign their petition that that you would go on a website that would teach you Japanese from an anime character.
0: Yeah, it, it was pretty bad. I didn't go up to the panels on the programming, and I actually had a medium badge. We you know we might But have there wasn't. Able to
2: pro- I don't
1: think there was so much programming as there were some spotlight panels up yeah. there. Yeah, it wasn't like they had constant programming. They mm. just had a couple of like panels. voice, right? Like some voice guests who yeah. did
2: like. Um- and those panels are sad. fine, but the downstairs was really sad. You know, it would have been very easy to fix. They could have had the same space. They had just even brought in a couple Japanese food vendors there. Like, suddenly, it would have been all worthwhile. It would have been crowded with a million anime fans sitting amongst the fake cherry blossoms eating fa- eating Japanese food. And people would not feel like it was a waste of time. But you get there, you walk around, you get your picture taken, and then, like, you get handed a uh, free canned coffee on your way out. Yeah. I asked the security guard, I was like, is this all? And he's like, yep.
1: You know, I think really, if you want to have a good experience, you should go to Anime NYC in
2: November. Yeah, I mean, course. come on, like, of much like, better you know, experience, of like course. much better convention. We've,
1: we've talked about why they do Anime Fest at New York Comic Con, and you know, it's so that Anime NYC won't steal a march on them. But you know what?
2: They've, They've stolen the they march. Yeah, did the, the march is stolen. Yeah, yeah this good. is like. This is like a vestigial thing. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be anything next year. Well, did,
1: did, but Kate, did they have good um, any good anime like exhibitors on the main floor? Because I mean, yes. I think there were right. Yes, they had
2: plenty of good anime oh, yeah. exhibit. Well, okay, I, I must edit this. They had good big name anime company exhibitors, yeah. but a lot of the little anime show type vendors selling things to the anime fan market who had long been a staple of the New York Comic Con floor. People who had been there every single year. People who also came to Anime NYC last year and had been sent to Anime Expo last year and, you know, exiled there, did not come back this year. Mm. There are like five vendors I know Mm. well who were not there. Mm -hmm. And I think they just were offended by last year and thought it wasn't worth the money, and I, I bet you, I would bet $20 that they'll mm-hmm. all be at Anime NYC. Yeah, and I mean. Uh, and yes. it's a shame, because and, they really were very good vendors.
1: And, you know, uh, listen, to, to, again, this is really a space issue. Uh, I'm sure that, you know, when they get the twice as big convention center,
2: they'll have more room to do more dedicated programming, but I mean, space is at such a premium right now. Yeah. You know, they did But move- this isn't even dedicated premium for programming. This is. These are people who had been welcomed on the floor mm-hmm. who they thought, I don't know, they came up with their whole little extra thing and they just shipped people to Anime Siberia without consulting them. Mm-hmm. And they were not th- thrilled to be shipped to Anime Siberia. Um So they just didn't come back. But the big vendors were there. They had Funimation, they had Crunchyroll, I think they had Sentai somewhere, I couldn't find them. Um, You know, big names, the big names were there. Calvin, how was your con?
0: You know, the the con was good for me. Uh it's uh, look beyond all of the, the, the stuff that annoys us, uh it's high intensity, uh it's sensory overload. It's like uh you know uh tens of thousands of people uh excited, uh just uh, and pumped just to be there. I mean people plan their years around this thing and um the the overwhelming crowds and just the the, <laughs> the bombast is what they all signed up for. Yeah, I and mean... it's fun.
2: I put in for my vacation days so I could work near Comic-Con all four yeah. days for my other job, like two months in advance, because not only do I love my job at PW, but this is something I have to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so we kicked off this year. In fact, in fact, it, it, it's so intense a, uh, a show... They've got to have other venues. So they kicked off this year at New York Public Library. They've really ramped up that part of the oh, show. Wow. It's a publishing uh, uh, bonanza. Uh, I, mean, I think it's eight tracks of program. I heard
1: that, that it was well attended as well. It's
0: extremely well attended. could be a little better attended, but mm-hmm. I think it's been better than it well, was in the past. Right.
1: I, I mean, compared, I think... Yes, I think that's a a growth area. Let's put yeah it that way
0: and and I think with the graphic novel and comics Roundtable and uh the dynamic and delightful Amy Wright um there as well as um I mean, Emily drew mm-hmm. and Shanti. T I forget another woman uh, I have to give them credit because they were they were there also they were the organizers but the but the round table uh has had a big impact on it and ramped up their programming uh and you know it's the venue for really and even announcing new stuff because the uh Mariko Tamaki was one of the the keynotes at the closing and mm-hmm. Gozi Ukazu was the opening um uh Abrams's Mariko yeah. imprint was announced. Oh yes. uh so she answered some questions about it What is the keynot- that imprint called? It's called Shirley Books and it's going to be a part of Abrams. Uh, Abrams Comics Arts, uh, and it's an LGBTQ imprint, uh, LGBTQ stories by LGBTQ writers, as Mariko put it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was very exciting, and really it, they've expanded even further throughout that gorgeous building. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, not, they're using the Celeste Bartos room, which is to die for and incredible as a venue. Uh, and you and you you're scurrying throughout. It's that's fa- you know
1: that's just that's fantastic. I know so a bunch of people who were on programming there, and you know and hey, listen to be fair to New York Comic Con, um, I mean the book publishing uh, presence there as exhibitors and the programming is outstanding. I yeah. mean it really. You know, this is why they keep trying to do book con. I mean, it's so robust at New York Comic Con. Um, yeah. You know, like big crowds around all the booths, uh, promoting a lot of books. Of course, this library programming now is um, just, uh, you know, the, what is it, the fourth year, third or fourth year?
0: Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you and know. it's
1: super well, yeah.
0: And they're doing this at, at shows around the country. And yes. what you're seeing here is really, I guess, one of the the longest running ones.
1: Right, so, absolutely. Uh, there will yeah. be
0: more of that. But, you know, there were – um uh, I mean, what else was I doing? Well, like I said, I was chasing interviews, and we, which mm-hmm. I can talk about.
1: Well, it. you could hear them on our previous episodes of this podcast. Who did you interview? You well, just happened to miss very it.
0: Very quickly, um, uh, I had the pleasure of interviewing N.K. Jemison, was it three-time Hugo Award? What, she won it three years in a row for her? She was
2: nominated three years in, three
0: in a row. I think she won three years in, in a row? row.
2: I know she was nominated many, many times. It was
0: the Broken Sea, Broken Earth, Earth. trilogy. Uh, and I, if I'm not mistaken, she won a Hugo each year for it. It's never been done before. Oh, well, let me check. So uh, if I'm wrong... Correct me, uh, mid-program. Um, so I had a. Uh, she's writing. Actually, she's writing a Green Lantern, a story for DC Far Sector. Very interesting. I
1: believe she's done some stuff for you know for Marvel and some other publishers. But yeah, this she's, is her she's first a, first a real DC comics work, fan. Yeah. She, 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 yeah. She's
0: into superheroes. She, so she she was a really a delight uh, to, uh, to talk to. But I, I actually interviewed uh, Amy Wright a little bit at the New York Public Library. Uh, probably the thrilling one was the interview of Bill Sienkiewicz. Um, he's got a new art book retrospective oh, out right? called Revolution. So, we got a chance to talk about that. Terrific guy. You're
2: right. Three time Hugo award winning. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's,
0: it's, I don't think it's ever been done before. Um, uh, and, and she was gracious and easy to talk with and, uh, and a dream and really enthused about writing comics. Uh, I got a chance to talk to Mike Johnson, who's working, he's the co writer of this new, the new Blade Runner um it's not a sequel it's kind of set in the blade runner universe Uh gritty despairing um uh, <laughs> uh dystopian science fiction um uh in this well-known franchise uh that was at the titan booth and the co-creators of the black Set uh, uh noir anthropomorphic animal series uh juan diaz Canales, and one ho Guernardo. So yeah. uh,
1: Well you're very lucky fun. because I had a panel that was to be Guarna- guarnito, oh, yes, and That's Linears right. and then Bengal. And then somehow or other Something through happened. a comedy of errors, Bengal did not show up. And then uh, Guarnido had a health issue yeah. where they were like But you told me, you yes, texted I got a me. text me. And was like, same. Oh, guess what? He's not coming. He's um, you know, taken ill. So it was ended up being just me and Linears, the great uh Argentinian cartoons. You know, luckily that guy is well, so charming and funny. <laughs> you
0: got Mr. Entertainment. I did, I did, and <laughs> so you know, you were... so
1: we sat and talked for an hour. And you know what? That was really awesome. It was really fun to talk well, to him. And he's what a, a g- delightful
0: character he is,
1: so. and he's such a you know very gracious. I'm sure he's never going to speak to me again. But but yeah, you know, it's like I I don't you know want to expect. Uh, Senor Granito's yes. privacy, but as I ever was like, oh, I had this great interview with him. Oh, he's on my panel. I was like, oh yeah, well, you know, he was sick for mine. So, yeah, right. you know, yeah. next year in, in Jerusalem, my friend, well, but, um,
0: to have but I
1: did get to do, um, I got to do the, the Why the Last Man panel with Brian K. Vaughan and, oh, and that's um, great. Yes. Pierre yeah, Garrett, so. of course, that was gangbusters. Yeah. We had a huge crowd, you know, they talked as about You the were the TV editor of, of yes, the, of the yes. original book. Yes. And, uh, so, you know, got to getting to talk about it with them was just a delight. And, uh, then the Kirby panel, which you were at, Calvin, and well. wrote about, and I have that, to was say, Alana, that was Elena. Wow, Elena. Uh, I'm always mispronounce her name, but Alana Levin yeah. did such a great job organizing and pr- you know putting together a topic that had never been spoken
2: about before. Yeah,
0: as uh, you guys pointed out, I mean it was really a, a well run panel. Hey,
2: Calvin million. and Heidi, what was the comics panel's topic?
0: It was um, uh, gangsters, lovers, heroes, warriors, and gods. Jack Kirby's.
1: Women And I had never seen the, uh, you know, Kirby without dialogue, and which was... Uh, I never either. I, which is pretty amazing. This it blog. showed, like, from early uh, Marvel books, it would be, like, the visuals would be Sue Storm or, you know, say Scarlet... No, it was Jean Grey. There was a famous one, Jean Grey beating up some villain... And it looks like she's just kicking his ass. And then when Stan Lee went in and wrote it, he's like, Professor X is telling her what to do. Yes. Yeah, so and then funny. when there's another one of Sue Storm beating up, do- you know, Dr. Doom or something, and again, without any words, it looks like she's really badass. And then when Stan out of the words, he's like, well, good thing Reed Richards taught me judo. Yeah. It
0: was it's
1: like, of- holy <laughs> crap. As I said on the panel, I'm pretty sure Jack Kirby was not afraid of strong women. You know, witnesses, and Be- you know, Big Barda and the Eternals, his characters, he created on his own, but Jesus, criminy Stan Lee, Oh, Stan! And
0: and uh, what was really uh, thrilling about it, of course, was that I mean, this was the first time uh, this topic had been done, and it was a panel of top-notch women, Mm -hmm. comics professionals, talking about it. And you had a great panel, and um, it was a delight. Yeah. Well, again, you know, super
1: props to that. She said we should do it every year, Mm -hmm. and you know, they really should. They really should keep uh, keep keep Kirby alive.
2: Yeah.
1: And then, um, so Calvin, uh, we talked about this several times here on the podcast. But uh, you and I both presented at the Harveys, and yes. you did not—you did not host it this time. No, there I was did not. Some host other it. fellow did.
0: Some other fellow, and uh, look, I, I'm not going to—I'm not going to go off on this guy because he, you know he was a—he was—he was a helping out. He was clearly a last-minute MC, but uh, you know what? I just did not—I uh, didn't appreciate the way he approached it. Uh, I didn't appreciate his opening. Uh, Monologue, I guess that's what it was. So, you
1: know, I think the whole idea was that they've been trying to get some kind of big name talent to present the Harveys, and, uh, so they had, you know, there's lots of rumors that after Calvin turned them down, no, they did not ask
0: Calvin. No, they did not. But, but, uh, you know, that some some,
1: entertainment names, and, you know, they got this fella. And I, I don't remember his name, but I'm not going to name him. But he's I'm like a warm-up act for, like, one of New York's great comedy shows. And, you know, that's I mean, he was fine yeah, so, yeah. in a different setting. Yeah, a different you know, setting he told Lively and knew how to pronounce people's names and everything. But he, I and everybody complained because it just
0: wasn't no, necessary. He didn't know a thing about the man that we're there to honor. Yes. And he was about to start telling us everything about himself before he had said one word about Harvey, and
1: Kurtzman. then he, and then I, I like I said, he to his credit though, he was a warm-up comic, and the warm-up comics know how to read the room, and he saw very quickly that we couldn't care less about him, and that we, indeed we did not need to stop. He did, be, stop he did. He say, did. I but, guess
0: I should say something about it.
1: yes, because he realized that we were there so excited and happy to be there to see each other, because it was a very nice little affair. That we didn't need any warm-ups, and that he should just get on with it. He
0: eventually calmed down and got it, and that you yes. know just keep the thing moving. Yes, uh, and and that's fine. But I, I that I, I mean that is an issue. Uh, I think the committee needs to.
1: Yeah. And they should Bear just, down. you know, they should just get somebody charming like Linears or, uh, you, know, you know, that would be, um, that he would would be phenomenal. What? Or, uh, you know, I, I mean, Phil Lamar. I've said that, although some people don't like Phil Lamar, but he would be fantastic. But, well, uh, well, you know, pre- if you got to get somebody who's like famous, er, yeah, then well, uh, they've
0: relaunched the Harvey's. I, I think that they should get someone that's associated with New York. I mean, if you talk to them, they talk about how New York is where this should be. Harvey was a New York mm-hmm. guy. And I—that's fine. But get somebody in New York. And
1: I, I would say that after this initial faux pas, and um, you know, we have talked plenty on this podcast in past years about Harvey's disasters, like the year they forgot to give the main award, and the, uh, you know,
0: the yeah, this, time
1: they didn't pronounce the nominees and all that. Yeah, you know yeah. what? This year it was just it, right. Did. It was just right. It really right. was. It, really it was really the special. The they mo- would,
0: most of the winners were there. Yes,
1: and they gave. Really heartfelt speeches. Alison Bechtel was uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame and she gave such a lovely, really heartfelt yeah. speech about, um, you know, her own career, but also just about women making comics. And, you know, yes. she's old enough to have been, um, you know, totally dissed when she was breaking in. And, uh, it was very touching, I yeah. thought. And then Mike Richardson inducted, uh, Mike Mignola who yes, gave a yes. very touchy speech I and mean, you know I was there to induct Maggie Thompson of course yes, Maggie yes. Oh, who, just, gave,
0: who was a great storyteller well
1: Maggie is, <laughs> needs to be on the podcast you don't even need well <laughs> you we tell Heidi you should interview I, we her should interview we her. just turn, for Maggie yeah but it would be very difficult because the podcast would be two hours long let me tell you because you just turn on the radio and Maggie starts she and was, then like two, two hours later hard. you just turn off the recorder because she does not oh. stop talking but uh, anyway she was really lovely and then Paul Roberts gets got up and gave a very yes beautiful kind of like overview of the history
0: yeah because there were uh, there were uh, there were five inductees Mm -hmm. you know you know among them Marie Severin Marie Severin
1: John Severin Jack Davis Will Elder yeah and he
0: was able to sort of give as Paul does this wonderfully articulate like overview of their lives and their work
1: yeah and I've said this to a few people but I do literally think the reason why everybody really enjoyed themselves at the Harveys this year is that um um, everybody saw that there was only light refreshments. so everybody went and had a really had
0: a meal hearty meal
1: <laughs> first. And because there is an open bar, and sometimes people, uh, you know, take advantage of it. And I went home. I just went home and ordered some, you know, yeah. some sushi. Had a nice, quiet dinner by myself. We put did. on my dress and came back and gave out this award. And I was in such a good mood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was Absolutely. in a really good mood.
0: <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. No, no, no. But, but the hobbies really were, it, it really was delightful. Um, uh, it was, it, you know, it, it's great to get up there. I mean, uh, it was, there was really a demand for tickets yes. to get in and, and to the point that they were kind of like yeah. jockeying and, and turning some people down. Oh,
1: I, I I have to, before I forget, also, by far the most important thing, besides the dinner, eating beforehand. Was that the actual award ceremony was only eighty minutes yes. long? So you were in Conversely, and you were yes. out, baby, in and out. And yeah, and I, I'll
0: tell you, I like the format. I do too. A, they've got a, they have the the right number of awards. It's very book focused, my bias, um, and I love the Book of the Year award. Yes, which was won by uh, Kr- uh, Krasoska. This uh-huh. is hey Kiddo. For
1: hey Kiddo, uh-huh. yeah,
0: and and he was there to accept the award. Uh, the Hall of Fame. People for the most part were all mm-hmm. there. The ones who were
1: alive that, were there, yeah.
0: yeah. And, and, um, I, I, they've got a they've got a lot to work with here. They really they do. do. There's a lot of good things. There, that there was in finally
1: finally it it really was a, a yeah. really special night. You know maybe we're just saying that because we both got to give awards and both <laughs> enjoy ourselves. And we, but you uh, know, great no, to I, I, you know have
0: all your friends clapping is, for you. You know, and, but you
1: know they have a little reception <laughs> afterwards out of the roof, and, and it and happened it's to it's be up. like forty degrees out, but everybody was but hanging was out, and it was it and was just yeah on
0: this fabulous roof. You're in Midtown Manhattan. It's you, it's like you're in a Spider-Man comic book. I mean, it really is like, I mean, there's a lot good about the Harveys, and I think it'll only get So, better.
1: you know, I, I, I want to get to um,
2: ICV2. Well, but before, before we do, yeah. why don't we talk about whether we actually went to anything as a fan or went to any panels as a fan or any panel that you yourself weren't on.
0: Um, I honestly did not get to that many panels. I, I only got to that's that was the, on. That's it? I yeah. don't get to that many panels Oh, I didn't anymore. get
2: to many, but I did get to two. Yeah, well, what what'd you see? Sure. So the first night, um, sort of on impulse with two friends of mine, I got into the Neil deGrasse Tyson panel on the main stage. And I got in even though it was totally sold out because I got in the secondary line because I was like, you know what? I know human nature. These tickets are free. I bet if I stand over here in the standby line, I'll get in. And I did. And it was great. It was cool. great. Um I will say that, oddly enough, Neil deGrasse Tyson came on with two sidekicks for his show. One who was supposed to be the funny one and one who was supposed to be the science one. And actually, the science one, I think, was funnier than the quote-unquote funny one. Um And that's a compliment to the science one. Um, so that was a good time, and I was not expecting that. I just went in. I just, serendipity, let sometimes let panels happen to you. And the second one I really wanted to go to, I thought would be hard to get into, the Castlevania panel, because it had Warren Warren Ellis on it, um, which you don't hardly get. And um, it was really well done. It was the only panel on the main stage that didn't sell out that night, but whatever, I got in. It was great. Um, And they made Warren Ellis and everybody else on the panel wear fake vampire teeth. Nice. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: nice. Well, you know, just a really fast, I forgot about one other place that I saw Calvin was that, um, you know, one of the reasons why I was so preoccupied with the show was that I was, I helped put put together this kind of vertigo reunion party oh. on Thursday. Calvin, you were there. Oh yeah, of course the party. <laughs> oh yeah, right. I forgot about that. It wasn't yeah, that memorable. At the bar, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, But anyway, and and you, I didn't
0: know it was a Vertigo reunion. The, oh, party, you didn't know. <laughs> you just thought it was a party. I, just I it was like, oh, I could go. Drink. Right,
1: right, right. Oh, yeah, but friends. uh well, that was the purpose of the party. But uh, I had been tasked with, with finding a. Um, Finding a venue for it. And the venue that I had fell through with, like, the day before the con. <laughs> so oh, to, no. Oh, yeah. So, you know, this is, I think it was that incident that took place on Wednesday. Like, I spent the whole day before the con trying to get this party set up. And I think that just drained the life out of yeah. me. Yeah. But that was a hop and It that was, was a hoppin'. Everybody, it was I mean, a,
0: everybody, the librarians were there. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Where did you
1: Where party? did you manage to host it? Well, you know, I'm not going to say, because next year we're going to, uh, I want to keep it my little secret. Okay. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. That, that yeah. Was so, yeah, you know, it yep. was a good bar, that good was,
0: beer. Yeah, uh, and and folks showed up. Yes, yeah. they
1: did. But that was what took ten years off my life. Was uh-huh. uh, never again. But you know, never again. So uh,
0: anyway, so ICV yes. two very quickly. So, yeah. so
1: you know, my greatest—I've mentioned it here before—my greatest phobia uh, going into the show was having to get up Monday morning for this ICV two yeah. thing. And you know what? It was fine. It, I it thought it was
0: fine. It was a good program. It, it was, was well attended.
1: It was well attended. Yeah. It was. I called it. It was a nice little. Like um you know, tailing off it was kind of like everybody came with their suitcase and they all hopped in the cab afterwards and went to the yeah. airport. It was kind of like one last little farewell, so, you know, like when the hobbits yeah. are on the gray havens and yeah. you know they say goodbye, no. but um but, yeah. P- plus data plus slideshow yeah, slide nope. yeah.
0: move the show uh for a variety of reasons uh to the to the Monday morning after the show 's over, uh the future of comics in an age of streaming uh using streaming media. Uh, kind of as an umbrella topic to look at where comics are in this new age. And I thought his opening remarks and his opening, um, uh, look at the marketplace was very interesting because he basically tied the fact that comics as a consumer, um, as as consumer source material has never been more popular. That it's dry, in many ways, it's driving the media landscape.
1: So just to give the overview, I mean, Milton came up and did his, like, um, you know, he showed the statistics from his, um, from his, his, uh, the you know, sales paper. report that he does, his mm-hmm. white paper that he does. And then uh, he was followed by uh, Kristen McLean from uh, yes. NPD BookScan. She did her own talk. And then also Adam Freeman from Comic Hub, which is, yes. a, uh, the, we've talked about it here, the, yes, yes, uh, the point software, of sales mm-hmm. point of sale system and more for a retailer. So he showed a little sliver of data as he put it, but it was yes. very fresh data. Uh, and then uh, you talked to David uh, Strangenberg, yes, and, yes, and there was, and then Chris graphics. Powell got up, and and Chris Powell from was Diamond, so painful which painful
0: uh, there, but he was painful. <laughs> I
1: thought, you know, more more people haven't talked about that. I mean, he that to me was bombshell after bombshell. Well,
0: Chris was, I mean, Chris was as candid as he could be. I mean, about I what? mean, I thought he, uh, I mean, he had he, he addressed. The challenges, let's put it this yes, way, the did. diamond face.
1: And I want to say, you know, our colleague Rob Salkowitz already wrote up his remarks. I'm still working on mine. I live-tweeted it, but he wrote a story for Forbes, and the headline was, Surprising new data shows comic readers are leaving superheroes behind. So a little blunt, maybe not true, but, uh, you know, kids' comic well, sales in comic shops are up, like, yes. 21%. Yeah, they're up
0: there. You know,
1: uh, and, and but, manga sales are up 40% yeah. in comic shops. Yes, and um, you know, I mean, the worm has turned. I mean, that's it. And then Chris, oh, go on, on, no, I'm I'm just saying.
0: uh, I mean, uh, Milton's thing: manga and kids comics in 2019 will surpass superheroes. And now, no, 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 that's
1: not our bigger. Excuse me. Yeah,
0: well, he said he's essentially saying they are bigger and more popular. Uh, the, across I th- multiple genres against one genre. Well, I
1: think that we are maybe conflating two different data points, but you might be correct, too. I know one thing, because I was looking at my notes that Milton said, was that he had predicted that graphic novel sales, that sales outside the comic shop uh, channel would surpass the comic shop about... 2020, 2019. So he's correct. Yes. Because this year, sales outside the comic shop channel are indeed going to be yes. larger. And then I was thinking it was when Kristen from Bookscan showed her slide that shocked everyone. I mean, I put this up. She said, this is the slide that shocked Comics Pro. What is Pro, it? Which showed that... Um, you know, uh, kids' comics make up, you know, I made a little slide, it's like 21% of, uh, it's, it's yeah, like a massive amount industry. of the comics yep. industry, and then manga makes up like 18%, and superheroes are like 10%. And, that sounds about right. But they're also, uh, down, like six, yeah. uh, like down, like superhero sales are down in, in all channels, or at least in the channels of the book scan
2: yeah. markets. So, I mean... It in, hasn't been a great year editorially yeah. for for superhero comics. I'm not... As someone who actually reads superhero comics and goes into comic stores looking for, oh, is there a storyline I'm interested in? Does this look cool? This year has been a little weak. It's been a little weak. So, yeah, and I would have to say that this, this I See We Do conference
1: was, uh, you know, I mean, we've said it here many times, but, I mean, this was a complete yes. vindication of everything we've been talking about in oh, this yeah, podcast. Yeah. I mean, yeah. graphic novel sales are way oh, more yeah. than periodicals. But, I mean, Chris Powell at at Diamond said... Um, like the, the, they they reorganized all of Diamond under Jeppy Family Enterprise. They have a new guy running yeah. it. And like everybody who's part of that reports to him now. And he is looking at different businesses. And then Chris Paul said, you know, I, I think periodicals are going to be fine for five to ten years, but you know, in 15 to 20 years, I might be worried about it. And, and apparent, I mean, there's a lot of change going on yeah. there. I took really good notes. I have to and go I look back at them. I Powell did get a did little did not,
0: he, he did not dismiss the concerns about various aspects of no, superhero not. comics no. to, uh, to the monthly cycle to um uh, uh, comic shops and um and books i mean he 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 basically acknowledged every serious issue that the direct market he did
2: double shipping yeah. Well,
0: he didn't go in particular about double shipping, but he, but that's part and parcel of the whole monthly and cycle.
1: Yes, and I've heard from
2: others
1: that one thing that Diamond has been doing is not only looking at their own internal practices. And, you know, they let go of Roger Fletcher, who had been their sales. Um, yeah. And like, periodicals,
0: and, even and, he was yeah, saying. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. But they
1: also, he didn't talk about this. Uh, have been looking at all their comic shops accounts, and because you know Diamond is the middleman for everybody. I mean, they are floating money every which way, right? Uh, but anyway, they're looking at a lot of comic shops. So, so we have only a little bit of time left here on our special New York Comic Con edition. But we would be remiss if we did not bring up the hottest rumor coming oh, out, yes, of, out of out of Comic Con, mm-hmm. which is. Um, also kind of ties in with this whole superhero thing and another like, like thread. I I really do feel like New York Comic Con was all the things we've been talking about, like all in one big bundle. But, but, you know, the DC panel, the DC Nation panel, Dan DiDio uh, showed this blurry timeline and said that they are, um, looking at how they treat continuity at DC. And then this tied in with something that I'll be honest, I've heard about this from Secret Spies, something that's codenamed 5G. And it's not a um Wi Fi network. No, it's not a phone. It's a new kind of a rebirthy crisisy kind of a hypertimey kind of a thing. So DC's doing a thing <laughs> next year. Uh,
0: uh, uh yeah.
2: Yeah, and there's more to it than that. It's speculated Yeah. by certain comic sites that apparently remain nameless that um due to their secret sources uh <laughs> that they're going to be killing off or retiring a lot of the big-name superheroes. Yeah, Superman, heroes. Batman, Green Lantern. I mean, the, the biggest names. Yeah, and replacing them, not necessarily with the people you would expect to be their successors. Yes, but apparently a Robin will not be Batman. Nor will any other heavily Batman-affiliated superperson. Right. Um, And there are even... Vague speculations of shocking deaths. Yes. And... Well, what's a crisis without shocking deaths? uh, Yeah, (laughs) but the thing is, some of these replacements like, I mean, we don't really know if given that they're saying the current comics are 4G, and then the (laughs) others before that are 1G, 2G, 3G, and then these others will be 5G. If 5G is going to be the current continuity, or it's going to be one of those things, like the year 2099 like floated at at some like shared future universe. So So if it's a shared future universe, I would be fine with that but as like these are your comics now, this is Who's Batman now? I'm just like Well, the
1: rumor is also that it's kind of based on an older, uh, you know, DC's editorial is very hamstrung by having 80 years of continuity and about 20 years ago or so <laughs> They dealt with having 60 years of continuity by uh, a, a concept called hypertime. Do you know about mm-hmm. the hypertime, Kate? So I was actually working at DC when hypertime was, was in effect, and I, I went to one of my colleagues. I said, what is this hypertime? He said, well, we don't talk about it in the book. So I, so it's not like it's said on the cover, mm-hmm. hypertime. It was just an idea editorial. An editorial that, concept. Mm-hmm. That everything happened, right? Yeah. <laughs> Am I correct? Yeah. Right, which is... Everything happened. Right, which is, like, really stupid. Like, why do you even have to say that everything happened? Like, didn't it happen? Because otherwise,
2: somebody's going to assume something didn't. Um, Okay, I'm enough, enough, enough. But I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, I don't really care if they have a timeline that says what happened when, if it makes them happy. I'm more concerned about, oh, hey, you know what worked great? Like, getting rid of established heroes for people who aren't even their suspected successors. Uh, as the main titles. Um, I think I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Well, but the rumors you know, I'm they hearing... They will do
0: it. Oh, excuse me. Well,
2: they'll, they'll, they'll undo it eventually. Yeah, but yeah. But that's not the concern. Yeah. It's that in the meanwhile, they could waste a whole year of sales and readers' times on books that nobody wants to read. Well, and, you know, they could lose a lot of market share over that and annoy a lot of readers. And, um, you know, some of the rumors I've heard about what their shocking deaths might be are, uh, things that I think would be even less popular with fans than Nazi Captain America. I'm saying it here. <laughs> and, that's, and that's, that was, that applause. was so unpopular, <laughs> it tanked Marvel's numbers for a year.
1: Yeah, well, it didn't actually. Marvel sold pretty well throughout that period was still number one. No,
2: but they they weren't selling at the rate they would have otherwise. I mean, it's, T- they tanked it for Marvel. We're not saying the company went under. It's just that it hurt their sales deeply.
1: Well, we have a lot of... There's a lot of moving pieces here. You know, number one, this is a lot like kind of what Marvel did with their unnamed initiative yeah. where, yeah. you know, Amadeus Cho became the Hulk and, you know, everybody went in and everybody got well, a substitution that was uh, quite often not a white man and, you know, there was a lot of... uh
2: Um, you know the diversification which is fine but but... it was diversification set up in exactly the way to try to I mean unintentionally but if you wanted to set comics fans at each other's throats if you wanted to put diversity in place which you knew would get rolled back because they're going to give it to the main heroes anyway if you wanted to get the comic skaters want to burn the whole place down and the people who wanted diversity to burn the whole place down that's how you do it uh, I mean, also, you could, you can do it think. with a lighter hand. I, mean, I,
0: I understand that these editorial structures, they've got to like revive and refresh and, and relaunch all of these characters. But really, I mean, this is something that's been kind of an integral part of the business forever. Every 10 to 15, 20 years, they've got to do this. Mm -mm, Uh, They uh, don't have to do that. Well, they don't have to to do this, but they have to do something. Well, they
2: have to do something. But we're not saying they shouldn't do something. something? We're just saying this is not the best. It tends to be a non-popular strategy. Well, a couple of things. A couple of things. I
1: just, you know, this is being tossed into the heady brew of the streaming era. And also yeah. DC's ownership by AT and all the changes that have happened there, and um, you know, like there is a lot of uh, commotion at DC at a at a at a, um, at, a tour, at a executive level. Um, so this is all part of that. This is all part of this this you know DC universe and HBO Max and yeah. all the streaming. This is all somehow. It's a frothy, frothy brew, and. Um, you know, there is, there's definitely more to come on all this. And, and, but you know what? Also, when they did Crisis on Infinite Earths way back in the day, which was kind of the first, let's try to fix the continuity thing. So that happened in the 80s. So it happened like 20 years after, well, 25 years after the birth of, you know, the, the Silver Age, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there wasn't streaming. There wasn't the internet. There wasn't all this competition. It's like, you say you have to do it every 20 years. I, I mean, I think as we get more into, um, you know, this this world of entertainment that we have right now. I mean, one of the things that Kristen McLean talked about was, like, anime and how that's one of the fastest-growing um, segments in at, for Netflix. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. And um, every time they show an episode, people
2: go out and buy the book.
0: Yeah. You yeah. know? So yeah. all,
2: all bets are off, man. All bets are off. Yeah, but yeah. I, I part of what makes me think, like, my internal – like this is not my fan side this is my internal marketing machiavellian is saying oh no not right now now mm-hmm. as you're launching a streaming service no guys no you want you you, you right now people are going to want to pick up the books about the characters they're seeing on their streaming and you're going to have them dead or exiled to Tartarus That's or something what I don't really understand. it's not good timing
0: fans have never uh, been reluctant to have the characters updated in some form. No. Meanwhile, but to completely restructure and rechange and, and, and replace them personalities, I, that's going to make people go crazy. You know, mean, it does make them go crazy. It's happened before, and fans yeah.
2: never like it.
1: And I just want to point out. Meanwhile um dc's you know formerly called zoom and incline guess what those books are selling really well awesome that raven book that raven book is a huge bestseller and you know what you can walk into every comic shop well every good comic shop but telling it and also another little gem that milton dropped and uh, also Kristen mclean dropped that was dropped at the icv too they asked about mass market and they said oh yeah walmart and target are getting into this and target is really getting in on these kids' graphic novels, so we are seeing graphic novels at Target mass. has
2: a significant book section.
1: Yes, they do. Yes, yes they you. do. And guess what? There's going to be all of this. Is you know, like while you're fussing around with your sniper time or whatever it is, some little kid's going to go into Target and buy a buy a Superman Kitty graphic novel and say I love
0: comics yeah, and that yeah,
1: you know yeah. it would be like the last scene of The Last Jedi everyone's favorite movie when yeah, the and, kid's
0: and, sweeping up can I just give a shout out to uh, I did not get around to a lot of stuff on the floor but I had um, uh, two of our uh, writers here uh, Drusilla Schultz who runs the book room and also Cipino. helped out with this she also helped at the booth, and Gilsey Aquino, who actually works for in the children's department, they also went helped out, at the booth. They went out and got a bunch of stuff, and talked to people, and brought back so did I. Now, I haven't talked about any of it, but <laughs> but thank you, Gilsey and uh, Drussel for uh, yeah,
2: they helped for, out for PW out. in so many ways. They and, helped uh, cover gaps intel in the booth. They got the yeah. intel back for the articles. They really. Really gave us a lot of support, and so did all of our booth workers. Yes, yes, a lot um, of volunteers. Krista and Seth and Stacy yeah. from uh, Nino uh, Marketing,
0: student at BMCC,
2: and then yeah, the the booth volunteers, including yes. Nino, mm-hmm. um, Stanley, yeah. Normal, Elspeth, Rosa.
0: And also, thanks to uh, the Publishers Weekly uh, marketing and sales staff. They, um, I just thanked them. Oh, did you? Oh, sorry, I didn't hear you. Sorry, <laughs> Krista, <laughs> I, I Stacey, and in. Seth. You did you did? Sorry, excuse me. I'm, I'm, I have just. Uh, you know, we
1: are really <laughs> sorry. not recovered yet. I know yeah. all of us are looking sorry. forward to lying <laughs> down not, at home and. I'm clearly you know, unhinged. Watching um, uh TV, so.
0: But unhinged or not, I suspect we'll be back in this room very shortly because there's always
1: more. Two. Come.